Brown Girl Radiance celebrates the brilliance of women of color through reflective conversations and stories. I'm your host, Pure Brown Joy. I like to say that my first season of Brown Girl Radiance has been a love letter to the Black Panther movie and the women of Wakanda. On this episode, we are going to discuss the leadership styles of the women of Wakanda and their influence on the men of Wakanda. Before I get into those conversations, I need to rewind and recap because Black History Month and Women's History Month were both historical celebrations of the Black Panther film and this beautiful, talented cast ensemble with multiple award nominations and wins. During the first week of February, Marvel Studios re-released Black Panther into theaters for free to give more people the opportunity to see this groundbreaking film during Black History Month. Disney also donated $1.5 million to the United Negro College Fund in tandem with the re-release of this movie. At the end of February, the Black Panther was honored during the Oscars, receiving seven nominations, including Best Picture, making history as the first superhero film to receive a nomination in this distinctive category. Black Panther took home three well-deserved Oscars. First, Ruth Carter won for Best Costume Design. As we discussed on previous episodes, her designs were beautifully authentic and futuristic, bringing Wakanda to life. Ruth was also nominated for Best Costume Design for Malcolm X in 1993 and again in 1998 for Amistad. Over 25 years since her first Oscar nomination, Ruth has made history as the first black woman to win in this category. In part of her acceptance speech, she said, thank you for honoring African royalty and the empowered way women can look and lead on screen. Another black woman also made history with her historic Oscar win for best set design. Her name is Hannah Bleacher, and she's not only the first African-American woman to win for Best Set Design, but she's also the first African-American ever to be nominated. Hannah's acceptance speech was heartfelt and beautiful. Last, Black Panther took home an Oscar for Best Original Score. I love the music from this movie. And the composer is named Ludwig Jorensen. He is Swedish, and he met Ryan Coogler, the director of the Black Panther, over 10 years ago when they were in college together at the University of Southern California. Ludwig went on a journey to Senegal and West Africa and took so much inspiration from the culture to compose the score for Black Panther. Now, let's fast forward to March. The women of Wakanda are still gracing the covers of magazines because of their brown girl radiance and black excellence. Denai Guerrera, who plays Okoye, was featured on the spring cover of CNET magazine, which is a technology publication. There's an excellent interview with Denai as she talks about her role as a Koye, as well as elements of her career, leadership, and service. She looks stunning in every 
every photo for the spread of this cover story article. Additionally, Lupita Nyong'o, who played Nakia, was on the March cover of Marie Claire. And she talked about Black Panther and her inspiration through her friendship with Denai Guerrera, as well as her newest film, Us. Lupita will also be honored with her own star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. All of the work she's done throughout her career has been impactful. At the end of March, during the 50th NAACP Image Awards, Black Panther was celebrated through winning eight Image Awards, including Best Ensemble in a Motion Picture and Outstanding Motion Picture. During her acceptance speech for Outstanding Motion Picture, Denai Guerrero said, We, as a diaspora, made this film successful. Denai Guerrero also won an NAACP Image Award for Best Supporting Actress in a Motion Picture, Letitia Wright, who plays Shuri, won an NAACP Image Award for Breakthrough Role in a Motion Picture. The Women of Wakanda and the Black Panther movie have had a cultural impact that reaches beyond any award that could ever be given. We are wrapping up our celebration of the women of Wakanda and this first season of Brown Girl Radiance through discussing the leadership and independence of the women of Wakanda. During the first part of this conversation, we are going to focus on the leadership styles of the women of Wakanda. And during the second part of this conversation, we are going to discuss the men of Wakanda in terms of how their actions and leadership were influenced by the women. As we're diving into this conversation, I wanted to give a brief refresher on the leadership roles held by the women of Wakanda. First, we have Queen Ramonda, the matriarch of Wakanda, played by Angela Bassett. Next, we have Shuri, the technology innovator for Wakanda, played by Letitia Wright. Additionally, we have Okoye, the general of the Dora Milaje, which was the protective agency of Wakanda, played by Denai Guerrera. And finally, we have Nakia, an international spy and warrior for Wakanda, played by Lupita Nyong'o. During the first portion of this episode, you will hear familiar voices from past episodes, Ivy, Kanithia, and Khalifa. What qualities of leadership did you see exhibited by the women of Wakanda? And were there any leadership lessons that you learned from these women and the way they executed their roles? Um, So some of the qualities of leadership that I believe were exhibited were um, inspiration, right? They inspired others. Um, And I made a great list. Um, Commitment and passion, loyalty, honesty, integrity, I feel like the women exuded confidence, um, definitely courage, um, and obviously effective communication, right? Um, There were moments in there where they agreed to disagree, but it was still communication, right? Um, They said what they felt needed to be said. Um, Creativity and innovation. I think about Shuri and science and, right? Um, And then also just, you know, the, the, the women being adaptable, but, um, and one that, uh, probably we don't think about as a a leadership quality, but empathy, I think, um, was definitely displayed, uh, through the women 
um, in these roles. Um, I wouldn't say that I, there was anything from a leadership perspective that I learned, but I think um, it was kind of just reinforced or reiterated that mm -hmm. it's important for we as women, um, especially POCs, to be lead with strength, right? Um, be tenacious. Uh, be have self control. Um, be courageous. Um, you know, lead with empathy, um, and just be who you are. Be authentic. And so, I think for me, that was just kind of uh, reiterated throughout the movie. I think one of my favorites is um, the scene where Okoye and Nakia are having mm. a conversation yes. right after everybody thinks that King T'Challa has just been killed in, right. in the um, challenge. And so Okoye says, well, you know, we need to serve our country because right. we're obligated to whoever sits on the throne. And Nakia says, no, I will save my country. Um, and I think that's a huge testament to the fact that, you know, sometimes you just have to do what is best for um, whatever your purpose may be. Right. Um, and it may be something that challenges tradition or yes. challenges the status quo. Yes. And, and that's okay. Yes, um, but you really have to know um, what that purpose is so that you can um, satisfy the requirements of, of whatever um, the purpose may be. The scene between like Nakia and Okoye and their disagreement. One thing I loved about that particular scene in terms of the leadership is um, even though they did not necessarily agree because one said, I will serve my country, right? So you have Okoye, this kind of traditionalist, mm -hmm. and then Nakia said, I will save my country. But what I loved is in the next scene when Nakia um, went to Queen Mother mm -hmm. and Shuri and like Queen Mother asked about Okoye and, um, and Nakia just basically said, she's not coming. She's going to serve like the, the current king. Mm -hmm. And I liked how it was just very... Um, I, very like definitive it wasn't right. uh catty or, or Correct. anything like that like no one started like talking bad about okoye or who yeah. she was it was kind of like it was a they respectful respected. disagreement exactly so yeah. you know so definitely i think a great kind of leadership yeah and i would love quality. to see more of that too yes. you know um yes. it's okay mm -hmm. to disagree with with each other i i don't think enough of us are able to come together and see our differences as a strategic advantage yes uh, which it absolutely can be people bring uh different things to the table um based on background and 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 a whole um host of other things um but it's okay to disagree the key is to respectfully disagree yes um so that that is actually helpful and beneficial in reaching um, a conclusion i think they were both right uh because uh they just had different methodologies to right. get there uh, but but they both prioritized wakanda um, and so, um, so even though Okoye exhibited loyalty to the throne, um, once she saw how evil, um, Eric Kilmarter was, mm -hmm. you know, she, she did what was best for Wakanda. Right. Right. So, and I think oftentimes, you know, that's a great point is that in that situation, neither one was wrong, um, in essence, so, you know, um, one just had a vision or, you know, for global, I think, more broader. Um, 
while Okoye was really focused on the, the loyalty, right? And this is what our kingdom, what we are about. Um, so, I, you know, I don't think either one was wrong, but they agreed to disagree. Um, but they came to common ground. And I feel like um, when we talk about leadership and when we talk about women and leading, um, you know, it it, it it was a great example of how when we stay united, you know, the strength in kind of staying united, even when we, you know, uh, uh, disagree. Um, that doesn't mean that we have to cut each other off or, or demean each other, but we say what we need to say, and then we bond, and we come together, and we make it happen, right? Um, and there was more strength and power with that, so. Um, I also love the scene uh, where Okoye challenges her significant other during the battle. My husband, yes. yes. Wakabi. Yes, yes, absolutely. My favorite scene, yes. I Continue. know. It was an amazing <laughs> scene. It really was. And um, she says to him, uh, you know, he asks, would you kill me? And she says, for, for Wakanda? Without, Without question. question. You know, yes. and I can remember seeing that in the theater for the first time. And there was just this roar um, in excitement and, and in triumph. And, um, you know, again, I think that just goes back to the fact that, you know, sometimes you just have to be willing to challenge the status quo and know what's important, despite what so many people are saying is important. You know, is that really what's important to your calling and to what right. your duty may be? Actually, I was just thinking... <laughs> The first time I saw Black Panther was actually with you. It was. Sitting next to you. So, um, yeah, so that's that's one of my favorite scenes, and um, I talk about it a lot <laughs> on, um, we all do. on here. Uh, yes, I think that for one, it was refreshing to see uh, women in roles where they were leaders and where. Uh, T'Challa, he looked to them yes. for their intellect, for yes. their mentorship, and yes. he relied heavy on them before he made any decision. And I think that, you know, as far as black women and their leadership, I think black women are very resilient. Yes. And, you, you know, if you see like black women who are single parents mm -hmm. and we always push through right. and we're going to get things done. Absolutely. And I think with the women of Wakanda is they're going to get it done despite what is going on. I think that they are strong black women. And I think despite any circumstances, they're going to get it done. And as far as being corporate America, I think that uh, that trait is kind of overlooked. Uh, and we are always, as black women, we're going to push through any circumstance. In Wakanda, the women in leadership were valued and trusted with their gifts. What kinds of strategies need to be implemented in our society such that female professionals, specifically black women, throughout all disciplines feel valued in their roles and contributions to their organizations? First, I think um, there needs to be more of an awareness, uh, a learning, knowledge, um, and it needs to happen it should have, but um, it does not exist. So I think um, there's just a lot of um, naiveness when it comes to women, but particularly women of color and what we bring to the table as leaders. Um, 
And so I think when we take a step back, if you peel the onion, as they say, it really starts with knowledge um, and embracing that and people um, going out and seeking um, to be educated, you know, about women of color first. So that's first. But aside from that, as uh, you know, it exists today, I think organizations um, could do a much better job with hiring um, leaders um, and senior and executive levels um, that are women of color. Uh, and because, you know, all of us can go to our hierarchy right now or our org chart and the more clicks, the higher up you go, the less people of color you see. It's honest. So I think it, it as it exists today, it starts there. Start bringing in, you know, women of color in these executive senior leadership positions. Um, but then when you take a step back uh, for the the current uh, women of color or women in organizations today in their mid-career or even early on, you know, there should be some type of pipeline, a training and development, a mentorship program, I think, to help um, them advance and move into these, um, you know, senior executive leadership positions. So oftentimes, you know, we could land a job. I know you and I can both speak to this. We started from the trenches, from the bottom, and worked our way up to um, leadership and that was great. And then, and then what? So it was kind of, you know, we had to learn as we went, we learned on our own, but I think it would be more impactful. Um, if not only just women of color that are in these executive positions kind of mentor, but, um, there should be, you know, a, a plan, a, a, a defined training and development, um, pathway, you know, for leaders, um, of the future. So I think, um, as a society, and uh, certain organizations, they could definitely gain value from that. Um, and just diversifying your mix, um, you know, and, and all levels, not just frontline, not just, you know, um, at the bottom, but definitely higher up. Um, and then, you know, when people see that, it, it really does make a, uh, tells a different story. It really does. It tells a different story. Um, we also have learned that, um Companies thrive when there are more women of color in position, or just women, but women of color especially. You know, I mean, there's a return on investment there. So you really need to kind of dissect and peel back and look at that um, and the value, again. But you have to want to, um, again, diversify your slate uh, of uh, positions. That would be definitely an area of opportunity for us in society when it comes to having women and women of color in leadership positions. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. I think that uh, one of the points that you hit on um, around representation Good and work. just how important yes. um, that is throughout organizations. And I think the more representation um, that we have of women of color, then the more normalized it kind of becomes sure. in that corporate culture. And uh, I think about even in in terms of my current job, uh, this is the first time I've, I've I've been with this company for over ten years, but this is the first time that I've ever had a peer on my team who looked like me, like wow. another woman of color, 
And then on top of that, something that organizations normally don't do, uh, we're, we're both assigned to the same location. Mm. And uh, the reason why we're assigned to this particular location is because of our strengths and the way that we are able to, you know, effectively Excellent. manage yes. and lead and, yes. and play off of each other. But it, it's kind of interesting, though, because if we look at the other teams and, like, say there's two Caucasian leaders, like, no one blinks. That's right. considered normal. normal. So, so why point. is it that's that two women of color leading together is like there's a, almost like you take a second like look. <laughs> right. So I think until you know, just again, corporate culture as a whole, till we get to that place where there are so many um, women of color in these leadership roles. I mean, even the fact that we just had our first. African American CEO, right? Ursula Burns, right? right. For Xerox, For Zer- right? And how yes. she she worked her way up. So definitely still some work to be done. But uh, Wakanda has given us forever. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yes, Wakanda forever yes. Uh, has has given us some 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 great. I guess you can say. Um, Structures, structures absolutely to aspire right. to achieve to achieve yes i think that um and i mentioned this in a, a previous episode as well um there are so many opportunities with every single accomplishment that we make to go back and and mentor somebody yes. else through that process mm-hmm. um you know think about all the the hurdles you know we may have encountered along the way and right. you know somebody would have stepped in and say hey is it that way have you considered that um right. that may have helped us and so yes. i i think that it's really important to kind of um, say to yourself, you know, with everything you do, with everything you accomplish, how can I use this to help someone else? So I think uh, mentorship is a great strategy um, to finding ways to give back. Um, and it also um, just helps pro- propel development and growth and overall opportunity as well. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Um, one of uh, one of the other um, guests that I was talking about, you know, spoke about mentorship and like networking and, and also, you know, just being able to have that like representation and that, that seat at the table. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that with like the women of Wakanda, we saw images of women um, in roles that um, are sometimes not necessarily traditionally associated mm-hmm. with women like Shuri being the head of all of the technology yes. um, for Wakanda, and and then even Okoye being the general, correct, and and being essentially like the leader of the the of the secret service for um, for Wakanda, and then Nakia being a spy, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, just kind of challenging that like status quo, right. um, and then and then at the end of the movie we. Um, kind of saw how they will be able to bring others along like Shuri, mm-hmm. uh, you know, <laughs> um, helping the the next generation and going outside the walls of Wakanda and then Nakia um, as well. So that's what it's all about. <laughs> now for the next part of this conversation, the focus will be on the men of Wakanda and how their actions, values, and leadership were influenced by the women of Wakanda. Since we are having a discussion about the men, I thought it would be fun to have a ladies' night and do a screening of the Black Panther movie, then jump into our conversation. I worked with a really cool venue, 
called Hub 925 to host this event. The owners are female, so they're all about celebrating women. I invited many of my friends who you've heard on prior episodes, Wakanda sister number one and number two, Ivy, Kanithia, and a new voice, Saloria. I will provide a brief overview of the men of Wakanda we are going to explore throughout our conversation. First, there is T'Challa, the Black Panther, King of Wakanda, who is portrayed by Chadwick Boseman. Next, there is Eric Killmonger, who is one of the primary villains in the movie, played by Michael B. Jordan. Also, there is Wakabi, who is the leader of the border tribe that protects Wakanda and one of T'Challa's oldest friends, played by Daniel Kalua. Additionally, there is M'Baku, who is the leader of the Jabari tribe that resides in the mountains of Wakanda, played by Winston Duke. And finally, there is Zuri, who is a shaman and advisor to T'Challa, played by Forrest Whitaker. We started off the conversation with a little girl talk about the men, and two of the favorites among this group of women were the Black Panther and M'Baku. Then we moved on to more in-depth questions. Each of the men of Wakanda had a very distinct personality. Were there any elements of their personalities that you enjoyed or admired? can be very tough or challenging um, within leadership is calling things out, even on people that you have a lot of respect or admiration for. Mm -hmm. And um, King T'Challa did that when he talked to his father about Eric Killmonger. And he says, we were wrong, like hands down, point blank, period. Mm -hmm. Um, And he did it in an honorable way. But I think that's an essential leadership quality, you know, even with those people that um, have been your A1 since day one, you know, that's that's cool and everything, um, even your own blood. But if you're going to be an effective um, and a leader um, that has great character and honesty and integrity, you've got to be able to call things out like you see it. So I really admire that. Yeah, and I think he was also just really open to um, change. It took him a while to get there, but it, he was open to change and open to counsel and also open to being um, assisted by the women around him, yeah. which I think was really, really powerful. That I have to give him a lot, a lot of credit for. It He felt natural in that role to, mm-hmm. to do that. So. I think there's a certain sense of maturity that comes with yeah. that as well. Um, recognizing that other people's differences can work as a strategic advantage. Um, And there's a sense of uh, kind of knowing and being okay with the fact that you can't do it all and we really are stronger together. Um, But there's a certain level of maturity that has to be in place for you to see that and know how to use that um, to help others. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah, no, I would have to agree. I think uh, T'Challa definitely saw the women in his life as like his counsel. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, so he was able to like lean on Shuri, right, for her intelligence and trust her with that technology. Okoye, um, obviously the general um, of his protective agency, and then 
Queen Ramonda, his mom, you mm -hmm. know, so just having like that relationship as well. And Nakia. And mm -hmm. how can we forget Nakia? You know, mm -hmm. Definitely. <laughs> Nakia was kind of twofold. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As we were talking about T'Challa earlier, I was like, whoa, he is women like running everything around him. Yeah. You know, like, like there are no men touching it. anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, which is good, which is good, I think. There was a conversation between him and, um, and Wakabi about, you know, the, the idea that they, Kavi wanted to go and just get cloth, yeah, and and um, and he's like, no, that's not our way. Um, and uh, he also knew that Wakabi's um, wife was advocating going after him and bringing him back to Wakanda to go through the legal system. So it was just, I just thought it was kind of interesting that like he immediately shot his you know friend's suggestion down. He definitely, I think, valued their their uh, opinion more so than, you know, his ace, for lack of a way to describe it. We've celebrated on past episodes the strength of the women of Wakanda as an element of the movie that was refreshing to see displayed. The men also exhibited strength, but we also saw their vulnerability. Were there any moments of vulnerability from the men of Wakanda that you found particularly impactful with respect to the way they interacted with the women? There were a couple of moments of vulnerability that I observed from the Black Panther in terms of his interaction with his advisor, Zuri, and then also with Nakia. When T'Challa found out the truth about his father, there was a dichotomy to that moment. First, in the process of T'Challa finding out the truth about his father, he approaches Zuri, who told him he swore to King T'Chaka, T'Challa's father, that he would never tell anyone. Then we see T'Challa for the first time in a very emotional way, assert his authority by saying, I am your king now. Then he finds out the truth about his uncle, Njobu, and his cousin. And we see T'Challa has retreated to one of the mountaintops in Wakanda with Nakia. And he turned off his Kamoyo beads. As he's sharing the story with her and displaying his disappointment, she tells him, you get to decide the kind of king you would like to be. Let's hear some other moments of vulnerability from the men of Wakanda that were observed by our panel. Well, the one part that I liked was the mountain king. Mbaku. Mbaku. Yeah. When they came back and they were giving the Black Panther again his strength and how he looked at the CIA agent. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm not there. But he wanted to go ahead and give them that that privacy in that moment. And I felt like that was something that was very impactful. You know, when just looking at him like this is not part of you, you know, you're outsider or whatnot. Let the let us do our ceremony and it was the women doing it. Yeah, it speaks to his like respect for tradition. And the fact that Shuri was completely vulnerable to Shuri because she was the science person, she was the one making those costumes, she was the one in the car, you know, she was the one doing all of those things. So he was completely 
vulnerable to her and respected that she knew what she was doing. It was interesting in the movie, and I caught this this time, where Mbaku was like, you have, you know, your science person is a child. <laughs> and so, and he didn't say anything about it. T'Challa didn't say, didn't say anything about that. <laughs> that would be correct. I think a moment of vulnerability to me was when um, they went to go get Nakia and she was oh, yes. standing there and she was just like, no, I'm not going back. Mm-hmm. And so he mentioned to her about the father of his death and him becoming a king. And so in that moment, in his full Black Panther attire, he was being open and vulnerable and letting her know, in a way, how much he needed her to be there. Mm-hmm. So um, I found that moment to be very special. Yeah. And pretty powerful, because he's like, mm-hmm. I wish you to be there. And she's like, please, please come. <laughs> <laughs> And it's so horrible in how he begs. Because, yes, like you said, I wish you to be here. During the ceremony, I don't know if you noticed, but they say, We're not going to challenge today how he salutes her. Yeah. Yes. And that's the only yes. one that you kind of see him salute. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it took a lot for him to. Um, to say that, you know, to be like, I need you here, like, whatever you were doing, I'm interrupting for you to be at my side during this time of need and transition and what have, which says a lot about her, too. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I I think he was very much vulnerable then. And then when he froze, too. (laughs) Yeah. Really? (laughs) You're about to run a nation. (laughs) I need to sort that out soon. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think another um, thing that's really easy to overlook too is when the gentleman from the CIA took the bullet for Nakia. Yeah. Um, that was huge. Um, one, he didn't have to do it. And then on the flip side of that, um, T'Challa didn't have to take him back to mm-hmm. Wakanda. Um, so that really shaped a huge facet of the movie, um, I think, to show you know, partnership across seemingly what what looks to be boundaries. Um, They don't have to be that. It is possible to work together to get things done. Yeah, and I think too, like with with that moment, it, the fact that he was willing to do that, I think it made like King T'Challa willing to make that like sacrifice to let him come into their borders. Well, I would say, a moment of vulnerability that I found very impactful was on the battle scene um, when when Wakabi actually surrenders oh, yeah. to Okoye. That's actually my favorite scene um, period. But um, I think it was it was something that was so unexpected in that moment when he you know when he asked her like Would you kill me? And she's like, Well, Wakanda, without question. <laughs> <laughs> Black Panther is the king of Wakanda. However, each of the men serve in a leadership capacity. The men of Wakanda have competing priorities and values externally with one another as well as internally within themselves. The men did not try to control or manipulate the women. They allowed the women to be a part of the process of resolving these conflicts. 
How did you feel about seeing the men allowing the women to be involved in the solutions? They not only uh, created the solutions, they implemented the solutions. They were basically from start to end. So I, I felt like that was, for me, the most empowering aspect of the, their roles was just the fact that they had complete um, power over things and control over um, the process. Because sometimes, in I guess real life, the Women might have come up with great ideas, but there are others who end up executing them, mm -hmm. so and getting credit for those executions. So, or maybe there's a man who um, tweaks an idea of a woman and then you know goes on with it. So, um, so I thought it was really awesome that they allowed the women to not only conceive but to be able to go all the way to the end and be able to take credit for their work too. It was a completely Beyonce, we run the world. <laughs> yes. You just don't see that. Even in our own corporate structure, you just don't see, you know, a lot of women that are making, unfortunately, those type of decisions. You can see who's running our company is always women and white men. Mm -hmm. so. It was very empowering to see to see um, them running most of Wakanda. Like, <laughs> I think, like she was saying, like being out in front with it too and being able to take credit and execute, which a lot of times when it comes to black women, we're always pushing and holding up arms, but a lot of mm -hmm. times we don't get a lot of credit for it. Mm -hmm. um, some, most of the time in the real world, we get a little not a little. We do get disrespected. <laughs> <laughs> disrespected and talked to a little crazy, oh, you know. And um, I think it's a great uh, representation to see in a movie for us to um, have such great power, you know, mm -hmm. and being able to execute in such a wonderful, honorable manner. Um, yeah. It always makes me wonder what was going through uh, Cooper's head when he was yeah. coming up with this right. thing. Yeah. Like, I'm coming out with women, you know, that are going to be wanting this whole thing be interesting to see why he went that direction. Yeah. I think it's probably because he does recognize that in, in real life, like, that we really are pillars and, you know, even the way that we're, you know, raising black men and, you know, we, like, we, we really, um, have done like so much to influence our culture and as well as our advancement, right? But we don't always get that credit. So I think he wanted to make sure that that we shine the light. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's interesting. I just realized that um, the Mbaku tribe, they didn't have any women there. Well, at least not visible in the scenes. There was like so, one. Right. In the, there was like okay. one in the in the battle scene. I think that tribe was probably a little more patriarchal. When, you know, even when you look at like his throne and like, yeah. who was surrounding him. It's interesting that you say that though, because now when I think about the the storyline of the Jabari tribe and everything that they represented, um, even. Yeah. 
Yeah, they wanted to stay off in the mountains. They wanted the old way of doing things, which could be very much representative mm -hmm. of, no, nope, you know, we're going to have the women be over here. We're going to run this right here. We got this, you know. You know, if you have any ideas, great, but we don't really need them. Yeah. Um, so that could have been a very deliberate um, kind of um, difference made in the movie between Wakanda and that particular tribe to show like a natural progression of how things should kind of evolutionize. But, you know. Yeah, because Wakanda was a city and the other two places were not. <laughs> so you know if you think about like kind of the uh progression and advancement and uh intensity and just the vibrancy of cities and whether it be creativity activity compared to places that are not that that could you know that could be being replicated here in the movie as well and the further out you go <laughs> well, even just like the image of them when they um, when they went to Asia on their like undercover mm -hmm. mission, like it was just so cool to see like T'Challa and then to see two women by his side. Like you just never see that in movies. So, right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Not just like baby mama protector, <laughs> right. you know, Nana protector, force, right. but like these women can actually kill you. The cultural impact of the Black Panther movie has been monumental. It will take years to truly assess its impact in its totality. Are there any elements of the characters and values exhibited by the men of Wakanda, in terms of the way they interacted with the women of Wakanda, that we hope men of today and the future will role model and embrace? Touched on a little bit before about This was just normal for him. He wasn't faced at all by even his younger sister, you know, giving him a hard time. Her knowing more than he did did not face him at all. And she's like, of course she knows. Excellent. Go ahead and do that. <laughs> Let me know what you come up with. <laughs> so that, I think, if we as a society can raise men, and I say we decided because women raise the men as well as the men raising the men but if we as a society because I think also women have to um, own that place too so both men and women raising men to uh, value the opinion of women as much as they value the opinion of a man and anything that a woman produces that is just as valuable and in some cases more valuable wherever there's a strength um, than a man's because that's what you saw a lot in that movie. It was basically like, these women know what they're doing, and since they're the most proficient at it, they should be doing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And them just, um, T'Challa just being comfortable and confident in who he was and staying in his lane. Mm -hmm. like, 
Yeah. You know, it just because a woman is smarter or maybe she knows more about this specific area that I don't doesn't change or make me insecure. Mm-hmm. I'm just confident in the fact that I'm the Black Panther. I'm the yeah. <laughs> I don't have to know <laughs> everything. Yeah, I don't have to right. know everything. I have powerful women around me that hold my arms up, that make sure I'm good. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have to, you know, argue with them. I don't have to beat my yeah. It's interesting, sorry, that you say hold his arms up, because I feel like they were doing men the job of men yeah. in the way that men often would. Like, mm-hmm. when I look at the portrayals of the women in those roles, whether it's the Secret Service or the science or what have you, you could swap a man in those roles and it would feel the same, mm-hmm. which I think is the beauty of it, that yeah. they can be in those roles and, like I said, the way how they execute, all of their interactions are the same as they would be with men. Mm-hmm. Easy breezy. Yeah. Like, no one's even thinking about it. Yeah. So. And, and actually, when you mentioned that, like, even in conversations, like, that was never something that was brought up. Like, mm-hmm. you know, she's a woman. Like, you just never heard that phrase, like, mm-hmm. used. It's just a natural part of their society. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, like, in our real world, like, we're still having, you know, women are reaching first mm-hmm. when it comes to like certain ranks in the military and here we have Okoye who's the general um, you know and then even STEM still like I know we have a long way to go um, so to see a woman who is in charge of all of their technologies being role model mm-hmm. I think too we as women have to be able to embrace each other in those roles too yes. because mm-hmm. I think when men see that as well then they will eventually have to come up to the plate with that. But I think because there are enough of us and we have enough influence in the in our in our worlds to be able to affect that, we just have to support one another in a way where the men see us as so strong where they're like, okay, <laughs> let me kind of like Sorry. where it's not even right. a thought. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we're just celebrating each other, not just publicly, but also privately. Because mm-hmm. um, I think sometimes um, men see us do things in public and embrace each other and lift each other up in public. And then as soon as one walks away, it's a different conversation that they're yeah. seeing. Oh, yeah. And they're so just good. also doing it privately as well as publicly. And taking care of one another. Yeah. I mean, like the old girls, there should be an old girls network as much as there is an old boys. <laughs> there should. And there is beginning to be in different mm-hmm. segments. It's just not as broad based and it's yeah. not as cultural as it was in Wakanda. But I think once we get to a place where that's happening so that the playing field is equal, because that's the, that's the main thing is that the playing field's not equal. But if, I think if we don't... Um, advance ourselves and support each other in our advancements then it's harder for the men to be willing to do so unless they're inclined by some other self-interest but to do it for the right reason is not as much there because it's kind of like well if your own your own kind your own people whatever however you want to describe it don't value you then why should i like you know what i mean yeah. give a power or whatever mm-hmm. the case might be so basically, we should be our own Dora Milaje. Yes. Every day. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, and and as you were talking, I was thinking about how like even in in my profession, whenever I like 
meet someone who's like a young African-American female, um, I kind of feel like I like take them on as my responsibility. You know what I mean? Like I, I want to see them succeed um, because I feel that like if they're succeeding, I'm succeeding. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think the more that we have that and, and whenever we do have disagreements with each other, manage it in a way that the men don't see. <laughs> That's even possible, but you know what I mean? But, you know, in, in those sort of situations, just, you know, take a sister aside and, you know, share and then come back with some kind of way to agree to disagree in, um, in a way that shows strength, you yeah. know? Like Nakia and Okoye. Yes, when, exactly. Yeah. yeah. When Okoye was being loyal to the throne, and Nakia said, I, I serve my country. Well, Okoye said, I serve my country. Mm -hmm. And then Nakia said, No, I save my country. Mm -hmm. And so. And it was fine for them to have those differing opinions. I think it was, it, the society was strong enough to be able to support that. But even when it isn't, uh, to be able to kind of agree to disagree, but find ways to support one another in the areas of agreement. I know they butted, butted heads again over the whole idea of whether or not Ross should go to Wakanda and you know the whole bullet, I took a bullet, or he took a bullet from me, and so what? <laughs> it's not my issue. <laughs> like, yeah. um, they, you know, they butted heads again, but still they were able to, um, I, I don't think they needed to have to against the, the I thought that society was robust enough that you could have more disagreement and have it more out um, more um, explicit but um, I don't know that we're there <laughs> you know they're just so respectful of one another mm -hmm. um, there there's not like name calling amongst them just because they had a disagreement mm -hmm. or doing uh, low blows mm -hmm. or you know anything like that it was more of like a, a grown-up woman-to-woman conversation I don't have to disrespect you you don't have to disrespect me I just don't like <laughs> what's yes. going on right yeah. now yeah. you know you touched on um, something I was literally thinking just this <laughs> second you know it's about a, a mutual respect and honor and I can disagree um, with a, another woman and not choose to, you know, well, I disagree with her on that one thing, so I'm not going to support her at all. Right. Mm -hmm. You yeah, know, yeah. it shouldn't be like that. Um, and then when you recognize that your support is one another's strength, mm -hmm. um, I think that you can really overcome some major hurdles, some of which we really just put on ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and, and a lot of those things we have to own. We, we just got to own yeah. that. You know, um, but respectful disagreement can be a beautiful thing. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. Just that mutual level of respect and honor and um, knowing that one disagreement doesn't mean you have to tear that person down. We can still lift each other up, you know. Which I think it's like a nice, if, if we could be able to use social media for good. <laughs> Not that it's evil. But, you know, it's just it's used for so many things and I feel like that's a way we can kind of reclaim that space for, for one another. That's true. That's mm -hmm. a good point. Like if, if you don't necessarily, like if you don't share an article or something that, you know, is like tearing one of our sisters down or yeah. um, anything of that nature. Well, for sure. you were saying like the name calling and everything. It's yeah. a, a school ground out there, man. 
It is. It is. It's just digital. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only difference. It's digital. So, yeah. um, but I think that's like a fast way to start kind of turning the tide, you know, just celebrating one another. Um, when you agree, agree. When you disagree, be silent or pull aside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a tweet right there. Another thing I, I thought about as you all were talking, someone mentioned like us as women just like taking ownership. And I think like the way that the women of Wakanda, how focused they were on, you know, whatever um, their, their mission or their roles were, I think if we as women can like keep that focus on like what our goals, et cetera, are, um, that is another way that I think like men will respect you more mm -hmm. when they see that you are like determined. Oh yeah, and I just thought of the, um, the whole idea of like propping men up, like I don't think we need to prop them up, they're humans. I don't know that we need to necessarily prop one another up. I think if we all do our jobs, you know, stay in our lane, play mm -hmm. in our roles, whatever we're good at, do, and defer to one another's strengths, then, then we're good. You know what I mean? If everyone's doing what they were called and made to do and be in society, whatever, you know, whatever that might look like and allow one another the space to do that in, to do that in and do it the way how that person was made to do it and support that, then, then all the pieces come together. If you know what I'm saying? Like if, if, if every, you know, yeah. Like if we are all doing what we're supposed to do the way how, you know, God or whomever you believe in created the world to be, then there are literally pieces of a puzzle that come together. And so there's no need to prop if all the pieces are together. I think when people kind of are not in their lane or their space, that's when you have to support something that's not natural. And so I feel like, you know, going back to the original question about how to um, help men and society be more celebratory of women and more appreciative of what we do and who we are, is to encourage everyone to be who they were supposed to be. You know, whatever that was, whatever that was when you were created, purpose, the whole Oprah of it all, you know, like <laughs> find out what that is and do it and, and, and hopefully be in a place where you can do that and the people around you allow you to do that because then you're doing your contribution to make the whole world ecosystem work. And, um, and so, you don't need to be propped up. And then those who are around you, if they're doing theirs, then that's like another piece of the puzzle that comes together. A thought. <laughs> and I think um, another thing is, is not comparing. I mm. think that with um, women, we can tend to compare. And so um, I think the strength and them was that they they were in their own lanes and they were comfortable with that and they mm. didn't compare themselves to each other. There was none of that going on, but like you said, focusing on their goals and just being who they are, you know? Yeah, because I think if you are doing your work, like if it's a koi of, yeah, leading the guard or, you know, who, or Shuri doing science, then you are doing your contribution to society and it's not necessarily in service to a person, it's in service 
society. And I think, like, even when you think about motherhood sometimes, like, or, or wifehood sometimes, the way how it's characterized is like helping and supporting an individual mm -hmm. as opposed to this is what you are doing as part of Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you brought a child into this world. So then of course you're gonna to try to raise it and make it happy and all of this, you know what I mean? Like you partner up with someone, like of course you want to have them be their best selves and you do be your best self, but the act of helping them be their best self is not like uh is not a lower role, is my no. point. There's strength in service. Mm -hmm. I think that there's strength in service. Mm -hmm. um, and that it doesn't always have to be looked at in a sense of, because um, um, sometimes people hear the word submission or mm -hmm. service, mm -hmm. and sometimes it can come or off. support. Yeah. Or support, support roles, yeah. which means that you're lower than someone else because you're doing this. Yeah. As opposed to just being like a being, mm -hmm. you know, if we didn't have these beings up, it would not be a yeah. good situation. I think there's a, mm -hmm. a lot of strength in and support and service because um, you don't have to be a, a welcome mat to be supportive or to be of service but like you said just doing your part and being you know if someone is hurt being strong enough to help them in that and I think him having to um, having to protect and to make sure he makes the right decisions after just having a loss and grieving I think that it was great to have women around him, strong women who are allowing him to know, like, don't just make this decision based on the fact that you miss your father. Don't make this decision based off of emotions, but what is going to be best for our country in longstanding. or just a society that appreciates what we do because I think it's an important thing because if we can answer yes. that question a lot <laughs> gets solved yeah. fairly quickly you know what I mean because it's yeah. a mindset right mm -hmm. so uh, I think a lot of it is just redefining our rules and it doesn't mean like changing the job description it's just it's changing the way how it's presented mm -hmm. you know what I mean so that it's so if back to the whole mother wife example because those are kind of like the easy targets you know, uh, being just as being a husband to a um, just as, yeah, just as being a husband is you know a great honorable thing, and you're not necessarily I mean you're supporting your family as opposed to whatever with your income, but like that's not considered a lower role. You know what I mean? And when you when you raise money to feed your family pay the bills for your wife or whatever, how, I mean, everyone's in domestic situations, but I'm talking about very traditional roles that, you know, continue to kind of uh, influence how we think. The, that idea of um, supporting his family, that's seen as strength, whereas, you know, the motherhood of, um, or wifehood of supporting, supporting whatever that is, uh, a husband or a family is, Seen as a lesser thing, that I think is a mindset that just needs to be changed and just say like, you know, this person does it does this role, this person does this role, and they are both equal roles. You know what I mean? Like there, there, there's and to the extent that there's any support happening, it's a mutual, um, it's a mutual beneficial situation, 
and without one, uh, the other falls like easily. So as opposed, yeah, I think that's kind of, because I feel like so many of our, some of many of the, the things that women do are considered less because they're in service to men. But if they were considered equal activities to male activities, then, uh, then the women who do them are more appreciated, as well as the activities This officially ends our celebration of the women of Wakanda. I hope you've enjoyed our conversations throughout this season. I have so many people to thank for coming on this podcast journey with me. First, thank you to God for placing a desire to podcast inside of me on Monday, March 12, 2018. Thank you to every listener of season one of Brown Girl Radiance. I've been humbled by your compliments via text, emails, social media comments, and conversations. Please stay in touch. Thank you to all of my panelists for supporting my vision and sacrificing your valuable time to join me for our recording sessions. Wakanda sister number one, Wakanda sister number two, Ivy, Kanithia, Khalifa, Margot, Saloria, and my favorite guest, my niece, Naomi. I love you all dearly, and I'm glad you got to share your brilliance with the world. Thank you to my editor, Randall Johnson, who takes all of my arduous editing notes and turns each episode into Black Girl Magic. Thank you to my mom, my dad, my sister, and all of my family and friends for your love, support, and your votes during the Melrose Center Awards earlier this year. Thank you to Tara Farley, who's the owner of Epiphany. Her company specializes in branding and design. She was so patient with me as I articulated what I wanted for my logo, and the result was beautiful. Thank you to the women of Wakanda for inspiring me to create my first season of this podcast. This has been my love letter to the Black Panther movie, which I've seen 13 times in the theater, including the re-release on Labor Day of 2018 and during Black History Month this year. Everyone stay tuned for season two. We have a new theme for the next season as we will continue to celebrate the brilliance of women of color. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, please subscribe to the Brown Girl Radiance podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, or the TuneIn Radio app. Also, please stay connected with us on Instagram at Brown Girl Radiance Podcast or via email at Brown Girl Radiance Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs>